So I've been asked to ruminate on a game with functionally no lore, no single-player campaign, uh, online multiplayer-only focus that's been in freeware for the better part of several years now. Okay. I'm going to do my best here. <laughs> Please forgive me if I don't have much to say. In order to really talk about Starseed's Tribes, we really have to talk about you know, a couple other games leading up to Starseed's Tribes. No, not the ones you're thinking about. We have to talk about Doom and Quake. Doom was a game that is Doom. <laughs> it was a, a massive sea change for the industry in so many different ways, it's hard to properly explain it. I tried in my rumination of it several years ago, but even that just barely scratched the surface of how much that game had an impact on game design and game consumption. Quake. Quake was the next step. Because Doom started having on multiplayer support, but Quake... And remember Quake Spy? Or uh, what was the other one? Uh, I don't remember the other big one. There was another one. Uh, like, not QuakeCon. I, I, can't, I can't think of it. I'm sorry. I can't think of it. I didn't write it down. But Quake was the, was the one that really started pushing online PvP multiplayer focus for its game design. Obviously, Quake itself did have a single-player campaign, but let's be honest, more, most of the Quake playtime was spent running around shooting other people. And that kind of made that thing sort of explode as far as a genre. The online battle arena kind of a thing. There are five games that I played back in the day that were really heavily focused on the online battle arena thing. These are, in no particular order, Battlefield 1942, uh, Counter-Strike, or rather Half-Life in general, because there was Half-Life, and then the, like just basic Half-Life, then Counter-Strike, and then there was Team Fortress, so Half-Life. Uh, Half-Life, uh, Battlefield 1942, Unreal Tournament, Quake 3, and Star Siege Tribes. I actually did play this game back in the day. Not that much, I will be completely honest with you guys. Um, and there's a pretty big reason for that. None of my friends played it. <laughs> and I didn't really have a lot of entertainment of just hopping on with random people and shooting random people. Especially given how team-focused Tribes really was. As a result... This was my first and frankly only entrance into the uh, the Earth Siege slash Tribes franchise. This one game. And that's it. <laughs> In fact, I, I gotta admit, when Third, who was the one who requested this rumination, first asked about it, my first reaction was... Because he didn't ask for Star Siege Tribes, he asked for Star Siege, and I'm like, I don't think I've heard of that game. And it wasn't until I looked it up, I was like, oh, Tribes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that it really clicked for me. But yeah, because none of my friends played it, I just didn't really dig into this game. And looking back, that is a damned shame, because this game's probably better than every other game I just listed when it comes to this kind of thing for me. Let me explain a little bit. So, this game has three different armor types that you can equip. Basically, these these are the closest things to classes that you get. Uh, you know, later games would actually have full-on classes, like Battlefield 1942, with specific loadouts. It's similar to that, but not quite. A light can still carry, you know, a shotgun or whatever. Not a shotgun, but you get my point. But certain weapons are restricted. Light is the only one that gets the sniper. Heavy is the only one that gets the mortar, for example. So, your class mostly changes how your stats are, and how well you can use those stats in gameplay. So there's still a usage for a light armor person, and there's still a usage for a heavy armor person. 
In my personal experience, and this is from an incredibly amateur perspective, it's worth noting, medium was actually the armor type that was most often picked because it could do the most things. It had a decent amount of ammo and a decent amount of energy, but still had, you know, the availability of mobility. And, of course, vehicles were a big thing in this game, too. Vehicles were cool. I just mentioned that. Um, there's uh, generators, which you which you have, which can power certain aspects of your base. There are turrets, which do the exact same thing that they sound like. They're based on the generators. You can destroy generators, too, by the way, and, and rob the enemy of their defenses. Uh, there's these spots where you can interact with and sh change your loadout or switch guns around or get inventory or whatever. Those are also powered by the generators. Um, there's... Uh, I'm kind of dancing around it. There's the freaking jetpacks, which are awesome. They're jetpacks, which is really all I need to say. They're kind of oldie in terms of their physics, but let me put it to you this way. Unreal Tournament had uh, the warp disc, right? I can't actually remember what it's called right now, please forgive me. Quake 3 had the rocket jump, right? And Battlefield 1942 had the jeep. Jetpacks were the thing for tribes, What really, more than anything else, made it different from all the other games within the same genre. Um... There was actually a bug, and I'm, I'm pretty sure if you've, you're listening this far, you already know this, but there was a bug in the code which allowed you to screw with the physics engine to be able to basically ski down a slope and then launch off, and it was really awesome. I kind of sucked at it, I'll be honest with you, because <laughs> I could never quite get the hang of it, but it was still very cool, and in fact, despite being a bug, was then uh, ported into Tribes 2 as an actual feature. But I never got into Tribes 2, and the reason why is because I fell out of Tribes 1. Can I give you a little bit of story really quick here? I keep mentioning all these other games. Let's get some dates out here. Tribes came out in November 30th, 1998. Of the ones I've listed, it was the first, and arguably the best, because it had all of the different you know gameplay features that I just mentioned. It had the skiing and the jetpacks. It had... Um, multiple different map types. This is really important, too. So they had Deathmatch, okay... Team Deathmatch, all right. Uh, capture the Flag, yeah, okay. And then they had Team Defense, which is you have certain objective points which can be destroyed. Actually, I forget if they called it Team Defense. Uh, defend and Destroy, excuse me, is what they called it, where there's these different objectives, and you're supposed to prevent yours from being destroyed while destroying the other enemy's objectives, which is actually really cool and my personal favorite game mode, consequently. There's the Battlefield 1942 game mode. I forget the, what they call that. I've been calling it that type of thing ever since Battlefield 1942. It's when you stay on a spot and you claim it, and then claiming that spot basically builds up a score over time. You know, like Battlefield 1942. A lot of other games have done this exact same method of thing. Even Overwatch does this style of gameplay. And then there's uh, Finding the Flags, which is kind of a neat one. It was basically a capture the flag variant, where instead of there being one flag, there's a whole bunch of flags in the enemy base, and you have to go and find them and bring them back. But once you bring them back, they're still just sitting there, so someone else can go then and take them back. It was cool. There was a, a decent variety, especially for 1998, of game modes. I'm going to say this as bluntly as I can. Star Siege Tribes had better variety in game modes than Overwatch does. And that's the next point I want to bring up. Because my the biggest reason why I don't get into games like this is because of the lack of variety. Well, excuse me, the second biggest reason. Second biggest reason. Like, Overwatch is fun. I enjoy Overwatch. Except for the fact that there's basically three game modes. They have so much possibility to do so much with that. We've seen this because they do this every now and again with their event missions. But instead it's just hold the spot, kill the enemy, 
or go mess around with custom game modes that players come up with. That's it, really. And that's just not interesting to me. Which brings me to the first reason I kind of quit these kind of games. I used to actually be really big into competitive FPS shooters. <laughs> I know that's redundant. FPSs. And I know that sounds silly given nowadays, but I was. It was actually really fun and interesting for a while there. But I got bored of it. Now, I know what you're going to say. Hang on. You don't get bored, Lord. No, I got bored of it. <laughs> I can... <clears throat> I can replay a game I love 30 times and never get bored of it. I can rewatch a show or a movie or reread a book and I will never get bored of those things. But I got bored of this because it was always the same basic runaround. Even with uh, the variety in map modes and Star, si Star Siege tribes, I ultimately got bored with it because it was always the same general approach to things. And if I'm honest, also I ran out of people to play with, like I said earlier. You know, go kill the others. I'm just not that big into competitive gameplay. I never really have been, and I've been getting less into it over time. It's gotten to the point where even when I'm playing a board game that is a versus game, I go out of my way to not play it in a versus mindset. I can prove this because I stream my board game night every Monday. And if we ever have a versus game, I'll just be like, nah, I could attack you. <laughs> you know, I'll do it if it's funny, because then it's funny. But otherwise, it's like, yeah, I don't care about winning, because I just, I have no investment in that. <sighs> But I want to share a small story, like I said. So, uh, this came out November 30th, 1998, and is arguably the best of the games I just listed. And then I immediately fell out of it because I had, you know, I, nobody I knew was playing it. And then on November 30th, 1999, one year later to the day, and December 2nd, 1999, two days later, um, two other games came out. Unreal Tournament and Quake 3. Now, out of curiosity, how many of you remember that? How many of you remember when Unreal Tournament and Quake 3 came out, and there was this big rivalry between the two, right? Like, oh my gosh, and both of their ad campaigns were against each other, and a lot of the players were like, ah, Quake for life, Unreal Tournament for life. I played both, for reference. <laughs> even then, even this, you know, this long ago, I was still getting into that mindset of, why do we have to be versus? Why does it have to be this or that? I don't understand. Um... But most of my friends played Unreal Tournament, which is why I got into the Unreal Tournament series and basically never really got into Quake going forward. I never really got into Quake 4 either. But I did play Unreal Tournament, Unreal Tournament uh, 2003 and 2004, and I think there was another one in there. I don't remember. They kind of blurred after a while. I had a lot of fun with that. But my point is, looking back, the only reason I got into Unreal Tournament is because my friends played it. It was functionally an inferior game for me, emphasis, than Star Siege Tribes was. Tribes had more variety, more customization, more modes, more you could do with it. And Quake 3, well, it had its rocket jumping and it certainly had its uh, relatively good level design. That was a fairly basic arena shooter. Unreal Tournament, however, I do have to admit, had one other thing going for it of the three games I just mentioned. It had a single-player campaign. And yeah, that was basically just going up the matches of the tournament, but the other two games didn't even have that as an option. <clears throat> the appeal of these kind of online competitive games uh, certainly makes sense to me, even if it's not my thing. I mean, I can understand that people like coffee or black licorice 
even though I don't care for either element, it's not a hard thing to comprehend. Uh, the idea to constantly try to refine your, yourself or to task yourself against an opponent who is worthy of you, I get that. And that feeling of, yes, I won! I totally get that too. But I look at a game like this, and all I can think of is, God, what a waste. <laughs> There's also one last problem these games have for me, and that is the fact that they absolutely rely on other players to be enjoyed. Now, it may sound like, well, duh, but my point is that there's no option to not. They were actually going to release an expansion pack which is going to add an AI and, you know, single-player modes to this game. They never did, <laughs> consequently. But, and obviously, and, and this argument can and has been leveled, AI is never going to equate to the kind of difficulty or challenge that a player is going to have, at least a good player. That's true, and that makes perfect sense. Oh, by the way, this game is free, if I didn't mention that earlier. You can just go grab this game right now if you really feel like it. But in the end, I look at games like this, and I think, okay. And then I walk away, because there's just nothing there for me. There's no content or meat. I will say that it would have been interesting if Star Siege Tribes had been the one to really make it big financially, historically speaking, because Unreal Tournament... Well, Unreal Tournament was vastly successful, like to the point where it was ridiculous. And Unreal Tournament kind of set the standard for arena shooters for many years to come. What if it had been this game instead? Lord Knows Tribes 2 was a fairly big success and had a lot of marketing buzz and press about it as well. But imagine if we were still getting Tribes games to this day instead of the recent Quake 4, for example. Wouldn't that be uh, interesting and... Probably more engaging and fun than what we've got, although I suppose Titanfall kind of goes in that direction anyways. I'm kind of rambling now because I have nothing to say. It's an online-focused multiplayer shooter, which had some historical significance, and that's all I got. So I'm going to go ahead and stop talking because I have run out of things to say. I hope you've enjoyed, and I'll see you guys next. Oh, wait, wait, hang on. I have one last thing to say. Oh my god, what? I get why they didn't use WASD as the control scheme. I, I do get it. The whole point is so... They, they don't use WASD, they use ESDF. And I have to look at my keyboard to remember what it is because it's so alien to me. Um, but ESDF actually does make some sense because ESDF allows you to... Uh, allows you to access more buttons at, at a glance, with your, especially with your pinky, as you're running around here. But after every other game in the universe before and after uses WASD, I was just like, uh I, it kept screwing with me. In fact, funny note, my niece, who is five, I remind you, knows WASD. She knows that's how you move around in games. That's that's how much that's a thing. So it's just like, ah. Anyways, anyway, I just wanted to comment on that really quick. Now I'm out of things to talk about. Hope you've enjoyed. I'll see you next time.